Chad. Hi, Hi Joel. Remember a few years ago when we went rafting in the Grand Canyon? Oh, I love that. That was wonderful. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, first thing when we get off the, the bus, the guy comes out and he says, everybody get in a circle. He said, I'm going to, we're going to teach you how to become an active participant in your own survival. <laughs> Which is a scary way to start a trip. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought, uh, I thought that was a funny thing. He said, he said, basically, if you fall out of this boat, we're going to do our best to help you, but don't just lay there. <laughs> Floating in the water. He's like, swim like H-E-L-L towards the boat. That's what he said. <laughs> He's like, you've got to become an active participant in your own survival. And I thought, wow, that would, like that means that obviously some people, when they fall out, they just freeze up and don't know what yeah. to do. And I got started thinking about how that is a natural human tendency. Like, it is very easy for us to feel maybe like a victim of our circumstances. There's nothing we can do if you've had situations in the past that you tried to you know pick yourself up and make yourself better and then you just keep hitting wall after wall after wall i was talking to a guy the other day he's like man he's like everything was great and he's like and then a series of bad things happen he's like now every time we try and get over the hump he's like all right we're about to get out of debt my truck transmission blows and there's thirty five hundred dollars he's like you know in our marriage every time i think we're about to be good my daughter will show up and she's having this drug addiction and we're fighting over how to deal with the drug addiction problem He's like, it's like this series of unfortunate events that keep showing up. And he's like, I just want to give up. Yeah. And I think that's a very common tendency. I mean, there were some experiments. Martin Seligman from the American Psychology Association, I think he was a president of it for a while. He did some experiments showing that like animals, when they've felt, well, there was one example. I don't, I'm not sure well, if he did it. but Yeah, he did the dog with the shock thing, shock yeah. the dogs. and Yeah, so talk about that experiment. Yeah, there was an experiment where he had three different three different groups of dogs. One group was just normal. They didn't do anything. Another group, they shocked them, but the dog could uh, stop the shock by simply pushing a little button. That's right. Yeah. And then there's a third group where the dog couldn't do anything about the shock. He just was going to be shocked. This was obviously a long I time know, ago, right? <laughs> because they don't do that nowadays. Man, I can't believe you didn't do that. You should. You can do that with humans. You just can't do it with dogs anymore, you know? That's <laughs> so, right. Um, but yeah, anyway, what they found was that then they took all, all three groups and they put them in a situation where they were shocked, but all they had to do to avoid the shock was walk to the other side of the box or the room or whatever. And the dogs, of course, that had no previous experience, man, they ran away from that shock as quick as they could. The dogs who could stop it uh, went to the other side of the room, but the dogs that couldn't had been trained, help, what he called learned helplessness, right. just sat there, let them just continue to be shocked. And fewer dogs in that category left the shock than in the category that had found a way out. Before. Yeah. There was a similar example of, of basically the idea that, you know, apparently rats are very good swimmers and they, yeah. so they would throw rats in this tub and these rats could swim for days on end to survive. Mm-hmm. But then they took some rats and they held these rats until they stopped resisting. Just hold yeah, them. And, and the ones that they had forced to hold until they stopped resisting just drown. Yeah. And obviously we're not rats or dogs, but there is some sort of a kind of a primal element to our nature that, that, yeah. responds that way a lot of times. Well, we talk a lot about, you know, you hear a lot about the fight or flight syndrome. Yeah. But, you know, we were going through some security training recently because, you know, we do missions work and we try to train our people how to stay safe on the mission field. And uh, they said, really, it's fight or flight, but oftentimes it's actually freeze. You just don't know what it is. You just stand there. And he says, and that's what you've got to be prepared ahead of time to be able to respond quickly in a situation when danger approaches or recognize it ahead of time. And then be willing to do something and be an active participant in your own survival. And so I, my, my take is that a lot of it comes down to what you believe about the world. 
And ultimately, and maybe this is going too big and too broad, but I think it all comes down to what you believe about God. Um, is God, and this is that kind of that predestination or not debate, you know, predetermination. Well, this will be interesting then. Yeah, you didn't know I was going to take it that direction, did you? No. Uh, so the idea that, like, is God really orchestrating the events of my life? And so I do I just, like, have to take it? Or is there some pushback that I can do against? Like, am I fighting the will of God if he allows these horrible things in my life and I just sit and take it? Yeah, uh, and yeah. That, that gets tricky because I, I, I've had sometimes seasons in my life where I'm just like, you know, you know, the classic where people just say, you just need to surrender to God's will and say, sometimes I'm like, yeah, but is this God's will yeah. or is this my own stupid making? It's yeah. a very tricky thing hard. to figure out because are, do you surrender to God's will? Like, and there is some necessary suffering. I always say that to people. I'm like, stop unnecessary suffering through wisdom. Like there's just stuff that we create that we, if we knew how God's order worked, we could avoid some of the suffering. But then there's some suffering in Acts. It says, through much suffering, we enter the kingdom of God. Like, great. That's, yeah. We should said, through many donuts, we enter the kingdom of God. But nope, <laughs> yeah. through much suffering, we enter the kingdom of God. So That's the new version. Yeah. Of so it's like, well, is this suffering that God has allowed into my life to yeah. make me into who I, I can be? Or is there something like, I need to get out of this? Well, what, what you're saying is that when you said that you feel like it has goes back to your view of God, and I agree with that. But I think oftentimes your view of God goes back to what you've experienced in the past. Yeah, that's true. And so it's kind of, we're back to the dog situation or, you know, where he's, if you feel like God has been shocking you all the time, there's nothing you can do about it. And God's just been mean to me. You may have grown up with the, uh, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. And all of a sudden you think, yeah, but you know, if this is the way he treats his friends, no wonder he yeah. has so few of them, right? Yes. You know, St. Teresa of Avila, she said, yeah. God, why? Why do you do this to to, to 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 people? And he's like, "Why well, I, I do this to all the people I love." And she's like, "Well, when do you, when, no wonder you have no friends." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, and, but um, so a lot of it goes back to the experiences we've had too, you know. And you know, I, I'm convinced that the Lord allows these experiences. I I've shared this story before, but once when you know we'd gone through one of those situations where we've been you know beat up by the church or not the church, but people in the church, some leader. My leaders, let's just face yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. been beat up by a leader. And uh, I was kind of saying, Lord, if I allowed my kids to treat one another the way you allow your kids to treat one another, and you don't do anything about it, I'd be a horrible father. What's that all about? And I really wasn't expecting an answer. I was just moaning and complaining. Um, but I felt like the Lord said, you know, I allow those things. And I thought, well, you must, because they happen so often. I mean, it's the norm in the church yeah. to get your feet stepped on and stabbed in the back and all that stuff. You must allow it. But I really felt like he said it's, and it's for you that I do that because I need to know, can I take you to the next level? Mm. I thought, wow, when you get a final exam, it's because you're ready to, well, you hope you're ready to go to the next level. That's what the exam's all about. That, so that would be like if if you got a test at the end of the semester and you're like, why would they do this to me? Yeah, like, I've been good all, all semester. I didn't deserve this test at the end of the semester. And, and, it's, and it's like, that's how you get to the next level. Right. So learned helplessness in terms of uh, like, Am I a victim? Am I not a victim? Yeah. There is some reality, the idea that, you know, we all have been in a way victimized. I could just say victimized by sin. Like there's just oh, yeah. bad stuff that's out there. There's racism, there's injustice, there's economic inequality. But how do you break free from that? You know, a lot of times you've heard, well, this is just our, our friend. We're working people, son. This is what happens to us working people. The guys at the yeah. top get all the money, and we just get the scraps. It all flows down. Yeah, it all down flows down. Hill. And that is, well, there's some honest truth to that. Like, yeah. And there is some hard, it's hard to break out of some of those cycles. 
but how do you how do you break out of that cycle? Because I, I think your family came from that. Um, yeah. you, you you had a, I mean, your family really could have. Uh, it it yeah, was a hard working blue collar yeah, blue collar guy. I just came home oily and greasy at the end of every day. Hard work, got up early and worked, um, and had some opportunities to break out of that, but but because of his experiences in the past, was just didn't wasn't willing to take the risk. Mm. Um, so do you think there's an element of risk in breaking out of learned helplessness? Oh yeah, definitely. It's failed in the past, but I'm going to try one more time and see if this works. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that is really the key to it. You know I mean? You you check with people who have succeeded and they've almost always failed multiple times. Right. So one great, was it Edison or no Einstein? I think he said, he said, I'm not really smarter than anybody else. I just stay after the problem longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you know, Edison, the famous where he had, 9,000 ways to not invent a light bulb, you know? And he said, I've, he just kept trying and kept trying. A lot of times that's the difference. But again, if you've been beat down and beat down and beat down and you lost and you tried and you failed and you tried and you failed, it's so easy to just give up and think that I'm just a failure. You internalize that. Yes. You identify with the failure rather than, oh, this one didn't work either. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it, I mean, Obviously, there's a spiritual element involved, but there's in some ways just a natural element involved because, you know, I'm not sure Einstein was doing it as unto the Lord. Maybe he was. Who knows? Well, no, he wasn't. Maybe the guy with the light bulb was his name. Edison. Edison, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe he was doing as unto the Lord. I don't know. But there, there is, there's that beating a dead horse. Do I just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying? Yeah. As believers, though, we need to, if if it's something we feel like God is saying, then we tend to think that, oh, then it's all going to go easily and I'll have no opposition and I'll have no problems. And it's, I call it like the grocery store doors. You walk up and the doors just fly open because yeah, you're right there, right. you know, the, the motion sensor and it knows you're there. And, and a, a gust of work. wind blows your hair. And yes, exactly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And you just know the Lord is behind you, pushing you along. The Lord is with me. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way in the Bible. You know, it didn't work that way for Jesus. It didn't work that way for David. You know, there's always opposition if you're doing something spiritual. Sometimes it's opposition from the enemy. And sometimes it's just opposition from the fact that we live in a fallen world. So how do you know if you're, if you're the opposition you're fighting is, um, well, I just think about Paul, Paul gets knocked off his horse and I was like, why do you keep kicking against the yeah. Like, why do you keep fighting me, man? I'm coming after you just surrender to me. So that's, a, that's a, that's a kind of surrender. Yeah. But then God used Paul to work his tail off. Yeah. So maybe that's the start of it is like, like, and maybe I'm mixing two things, but there's this idea that, because I always go back to like, I think my view of God pretty much affects everything that I do. Yeah. And I've had seasons where I'm like, man, God is just, he's determined to put the kibosh on everything I'm doing here because uh-huh. everything I'm trying is not working. Yeah. And, and, and it would be easy to just go, again, that's that very kind of Buddhist, just the, you know, flow, go with the flow of the water. But then there's this Western idea and we've got, you know, well, yeah. fight, fight against the stream, fight against the stream. But there's a balance. There's times to surrender and there's times to fight against the stream. Yes, it kind of depends on what the stream is. Yeah. You know? I mean, if the stream is is the Lord, then you're kicking against the goat and you're going to eventually, well, you hope you'll lose. Yeah. You know, sometimes he will give you what you want. You know, that's what it mm-hmm. says in, in uh, Psalms. It talks about how the children of Israel, they kept asking, kept asking, kept whining, kept complaining. So he gave them what they wanted, but it says he gave them leanness to their soul. 
Right. So sometimes, all right, all right, that's what you want. I'm going to give it to you, but it's not going to really be the best for you. Well, and speaking of the children of Israel, I think a great example of the learned helplessness is when he took them out of the des- out of the mm. slavery. They had be they had been slaves for so long. They had a mindset of slavery. They they didn't right. know, and they're like they get out into the freedom of the desert, and they are like, well, at least we had somebody shoveling food at us. Like it wasn't good food. It was horrible food. We had to work our tails off, and it was slavery. Yeah. But at least I was sort of taken care of. And there's that tendency of like, sometimes we'll settle for less mm-hmm. if there's the assurance that we're going to be taken care of and get against that helplessness. Why well, can't do anything about my own destiny? That's essentially what learned helplessness is. How much do you believe yeah. you have control over your own destiny? Um, that's, well, that's what they call locus of control, right? Is it an internal locus of control? Like I have a control over my own destiny or an external locus of control is the idea of... yeah. Um, I'm just a victim of outside forces and I can't do anything to overcome those outside forces. They're just too strong. And and that's where as believers, you know, it, I, I kind of think people are probably born with one or the other, or maybe it's early learned. I don't know. You know, mm. maybe it's learned early, but as believers, we've got to shift that to where it's an internal locus of control. And that doesn't mean internal, like, you know, me and mine. It's all on me. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit dwells within us. God dwells within us. The power of the universe, the, the one who created it all dwells within us and wants to guide and lead us and direct us. That sounded very Zen. So let me put some Bible on it. The same spirit that raised Christ <laughs> Jesus from the dead lives in you to quicken your mortal body and give yeah. life to your mortal body. Yeah. And, and most of your false religions in the world, they've just stumbled upon a principle of truth you know, like for instance, the answer lies within. Well, it does if the Spirit of God lies within. Right. It's not within you, but the Spirit lies within, and He is the you know He is the answer. And 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 that's where I guess the learned helplessness is. Are you being led by the Spirit? Because sometimes the Spirit will say, "Lay down your arms, quit fighting me on yeah. this." And other times he'll say, "You." I've seen people do this with their families. They're like, "This is enough. I'm 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 calling it." This is enough that the, the, what's going on in our family, we're not going to tolerate it anymore. Drawing the line here. I'm drawing the line. Yeah. We're changing the destiny. We're changing the course of our family. Yeah. And yes, we've got a lot of baggage behind us mm-hmm. that's stacked up against us that we probably should just surrender, but we're not going to surrender. And you step up. That's the time you don't surrender. That's the time you step yeah. up and say, I believe that God, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in me. He's giving life to my mortal body. I can overcome these challenges. I'm not a victim of my circumstances. And that's what Joshua is saying. You know, it's kind of the uh, Alamo line where we draw the line, you know, step across this line if you're with us. As for me and my house, I will serve. we're going to serve the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I was thinking of one other thing, that the idea of learned helplessness. I think many times what God's doing our life where you were saying everything just seems to be falling apart. It's like God's standing against me. I think many times the Lord is like that little rat holding the rat until he quits fighting. He's like the guy holding the rat. He's like the, the rat holding the rat and we're the <laughs> yeah, rat. Cause he's saying, if you'll just quit fighting, I want to do some amazing things here. But if, as long as you're going to the right, I can't take you this direction. As long as you're going over that way, I can't take you this way. So if you'll just calm down a little bit. Which is the principle we see with, I mean, the story of Paul. Paul really mm-hmm. was doggedly pursuing what he was absolutely certain was God's will. But there obviously was the Holy Spirit working within him mm-hmm. that he was fighting. Right. And so there was something within him that he kind of knew was right. Because it probably started when he saw what happened with Stephen. Right. Because he was so standing there watching Stephen be stoned. Stephen mm-hmm. was one, probably the first martyr. Is the, yeah, he was, he was the, the first martyr. Mm-hmm. And... 
he it says he was standing there holding the coats of those who were stoning them, yeah. right? And and yeah, and so and that's noted because obviously the Holy Spirit began working in him at least at that point in time. Something so was, there was something going on that he was kicking against in his own heart. Right. And it's like the Lord finally just grabbed him and said, look. <laughs> and and maybe that's true too. For, for those of us who maybe feel like God's calling us to break out of a cycle of, of dependency or out of victimhood, um, there's going to be signs. You're going to feel the Lord quickening something in you that says, hey, you need to do something about this. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a, maybe a conviction would be that way to be the word. Yeah, but, you know, and going back to that, uh, yeah, a, a, yeah, just a sensing in your heart that I need to do something. And going back to that uh, Grand Canyon experience where we started, again, it's interesting. He says, you need to be an active participant. You're not going to save yourself. Right. Swim toward the boat. Right. Swim toward the boat. But the boat needs to be there too, but you got to do something. So draw, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That, like, wow, that sounds biblical. Yeah. You got to push towards him as he's pushing towards you, but there's some there's element of responsibility. It's that taking of responsibility for your life uh, because he has given you your life. I mean, that's part yeah. of what he gave us in the garden with free will is he's given your life to make decisions. And I mean, that's where the, the danger of this predeterminism idea that it's, Oh, it's all just mapped out. We're just yeah. chest chess pieces and pawns and a pawns in a big cosmic game that that can very quickly lead to a really helpless mindset yeah but it's it's way more complicated than that but in most everything god invites us to participate with him and if we feel like we're in control many times i think he does kind of grab a hold of us and say okay i need you to know Mm. i'm still in control here so there's an element of helplessness that could lead us to an understanding of God's power in our life. Yeah. yeah. So helplessness isn't always bad. No, I think a a helplessness, if you realize I need him, I need him, you know, it's, it's, it's Paul in my, in my weakness, he is strong. Therefore I will boast about the things I'm really bad at. I will boast in Mm. my weaknesses because when I am weak, he is strong. And that's where it's really out of love. When you're hitting those points where everything seems to be frustrated it's really out of God's love for you that he will restrain that little rat and let you learn to depend on him. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a review on your listening platform of your choice. For more from Joelle Malm, check out joelmalm.com. And more from Rick, check out rickmalm.com.